0: Welcome to Coffee and a True Crime Dumpster Fire. This is a true crime podcast. That's right, a true crime podcast. For those in the back, I'll say it a little bit louder. This is a true crime podcast. This show is a show for grown folks. That little E over there next to my podcast. That means that we use some foul language every once in a while. Just every once in a while. Enough to flag it, you know. So, we talk about really generally vile, disgusting, and horrific things. Dismemberment, disembowelment, death in general. Lots of really horrible, terrible things. But, we also, like I said, we cover the three key things that everybody in life enjoys. Coffee, true crime, and of course, dumpster fires. So, settle in. Come get warm by the dumpster fire. Make sure don't touch it, though. Don't want you to get burned. Don't want to get sued. Just saying. But, again, all kidding aside, you have been warned. Turn back now if you don't like that kind of thing. And, by the way, I like my coffee black and my tea in the harbor. If you don't get that reference, you need to go ahead and turn back now. Otherwise, settle in and enjoy this week's episode of... Coffee and a True Crime Dumpster Fire. How is everybody out... Ooh, man, that was weird, huh? Hey, how is everybody out there in podcast land? Of course, I'm your host, the mysterious Mr. C, and welcome, as usual, to the Coffee and a True Crime Dumpster Fire podcast. How is everybody... Th- Hopefully, everybody's doing well this week. No, you know, no Chinese coronavirus. I know, I know, I know, I know. Sorry, I had to. Of course, this week's... uh this week's Coffee of the Week, Kuju Coffee, ba- the Base Camp Blend. That's our coffee this week. Um, it's a, it's kind of a, you say a medium roast, but it, to me it's kind of a lighter roast. I give it uh, four out of five cups. Or We'll do beans. Let's do beans. Yeah, four out of five beans. And actually this, um, the Kuju Coffee, it actually comes in this really neat, uh, kind of like a, Single-use pour-over setup. It's like all disposable. It's all right there. All you need is the hot water. It's kind of cool. Um, not quite the, you know, Folgers that your mom used to drink. <laughs> the the mud that mom and dad used to drink. <clears throat> Good coffee has kind of a kind of a honey, chocolatey sort of a taste to it. Uh, I will send a link out to the uh, Facebook group uh, And uh, for you guys to sort that out on your own, again, check out the Facebook group, uh, Coffee and a True Crime Dumpster Fire. So this week, we're going to talk about COVID. Well, sort of. (laughs) We're going to talk about a guy's really lame attempt to use COVID to cover up a murder. So let's get right to it, huh? Trying to adjust my hold on just a second here. So, Gretchen and David Anthony, they had a pretty good marriage, you know, until it wasn't so good. Um, this was a second marriage for at least for Gretchen, uh, who, by the way, is the victim. Well, spoiler alert, sorry. I know it's terrible. So, but what is it about second marriages? First marriages are hard enough. The second marriage. Yeah. Anyway, so um, David Anthony, Gretchen Anthony, David Gretchen and David Anthony. There we go. Um, Gretchen had a twelve-year-old daughter from a previous marriage, that will play in later on. So, in they they were married in two thousand fifteen, and they were both kind of you know, gym rats. You know the he he was the guy. I picked them up and put them down. Kind of a guy. All about the all about the fitness and the body and all of that. Um, and he was a trainer who, that's how, in fact, that's how he and Gretchen met. Uh, he was a trainer at the gym where she worked. And according to the gym owner, uh, Tabitha Hopkins, she says that a big part of why she worked there, or why he worked, why he was working there, or she liked him working there, was because he sort of, you know, drew the people in. Uh, so, and then, of course, you know, when they met, uh, it was this that weird, obvious attraction. Because they were both, again, gym rats. She wasn't, you know, pick them up and put them down kind of a chick, but... David Anthony was she was all about fitness, you know, running and all those things and but not so much the pick them up and put them down. Meathead sort of a deal. And so it was a a pretty good match. And then so they were actually they they got married in Vegas in an Elvis wedding chapel. Elvis wedding chapel. <sighs> if only, right? a Vegas so we're already we're already had, headed down a bad path. I mean, I a Vegas wedding there's nothing wrong with a Vegas wedding. I get it. But in the Elvis Wedding Chapel in 2015 really I mean, I think I when I read that, I think I I think when I rolled my eyes, I think I saw my brain. <laughs> so but what is it about second marriages? Like I said before, well, I just don't get it. Uh by all accounts David was a decent stepdad. They kind of called him the mom Gretchen and his or her daughter kind of called him referred to him as a bonus dad. So all things are things are going well and then in towards the end of 2019 they they kind of fall out of love sort of and they're not really seeing eye to eye so they kind of split up and David moves out they're trying to find their way again. Uh, David gets weird at that he, he got kind of weird at that point and started rambling I mean anybody that would listen, he's telling them I'm going to Costa Rica for a fresh start. He's really starting to come un, unhinged. By all accounts though after the split up, uh, Gretchen, age fifty one is dating again out in the world she was air quotes living her best life and i re- you know i i gotta say i really hate best life what is best i just that that's so ugh, cliche um then in twenty twenty march of twenty twenty this weird china virus comes right Nobody knows anything about it, really. It's just this crazy... It's going to kill everybody! The world is coming to an end. This is biblical. Oh my God, here it is, the end of the world. It's spreading like wildfire, especially across Florida, uh, where they live, in Jupiter, Florida. Uh, It's the most explosive spread, of course, as seen across the more populated areas and things. And so March of 2020, for those that don't remember and the uh, or for those who may have been living under a rock that was when like i said things were just kicking off really they were starting to look at lockdowns nobody really locked anything down yet we hadn't we hadn't quite gotten to that 15 days or 14 days to stop the spread bull crap that they pushed on everybody and locked us down we hadn't quite gotten there yet not yet we were getting close but we weren't quite there yet you know uh, the kids were out on spring break and that kind of thing, still. Uh, all the spring breakers were down in Miami and all that, just uh, super spreader events. That, of course, again, we didn't know what a super spreader event was at that point yet. Uh, um, so again, we're getting explosive spread throughout again the more populated areas, especially like Palm Beach, where. Jupiter's in Palm Beach County, uh, and Miami Dade. Those ones were really getting it. Um, now the now we've reached a point where Gretchen is in the same boat as most of us, kind of stuck at home. Toward we're getting more towards the end of March, you know. And of course, she's posting the memes about no toilet paper and these kind of things. And she started to on. On her Facebook page, she started to sort of opine about how, like most of us, it seemed that she was opining like most of us. And it seemed, you know, she kind of made the 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 observation that most of us did, which was uh, it all of a sudden seemed like life was written by a fourth grader. There was this virus that made the world run out of toilet paper and then the schools started to close, you know, that kind of a. Uh, psycho, you know that crazy. Oh my God, you know. Uh, like I said, it it actually that actually fits. I didn't hear that before. I was reading about this story and researching it. How uh that it truly was. Life seemed like life was being written by a fourth grader. You know, uh, there was these virus, you know, <laughs> kind of a thing. Um. So, But she seemed to be, by all accounts, looked like she was uh, adapting to the quote-unquote new normal. Another phrase that I absolutely hate. I hate that phrase, new normal. Uh, What is normal? There is no such thing as normal if you live a regular day-to-day life. Um, So uh, she even posted a quote on the 19th of uh, March. When chaos is all around you, the wisest choice is to create peace within you. And then, nothing. Her All of her social media just went dark. That was it. So, on and then on the 22nd of March, so now we're getting into a detailed timeline of kind of what happened, by the way. So, on the 22nd of March, uh, Gretchen and her close friend and boss, Dawn Paris, have a brief text exchange about are you sick? Because she didn't go to work, or she wasn't feeling well. That was a Sunday. She wasn't feeling well. They kind of went back and forth about not feeling good and whatever. So then on the twenty third, Gretchen doesn't show up for work. Her boss, Don, is getting a little bit worried. Things are a little bit sketchy, and she sends out a text about Are you okay? And she didn't. Uh, she didn't receive a reply until Tuesday, the twenty fourth. And Gretchen said that, uh, you know, she had—and this isn't a direct quote. I'm, I'm sort of summarizing these texts at this point. Uh, some of them I'll tell you exact, if they're exact quotes, but I, I, a lot of them I just kind of summarize. But uh, she, was telling, she was telling Dawn when she replied on Tuesday, the 24th, um, she had 102 fever, very low O2 levels, and was in dire condition. And then on the also on the 23rd, air quotes Gretchen, shocker, spoiler alert, it wasn't really Gretchen, um, started to text friends and family that she has this mysterious COVID. Again, don't really know much about it at this point. We don't, you know, we're not as educated. We don't have a vaccine or any of that stuff. Don't get me started on the vaccine, please. I don't want to go down that road. We're not doing politics on this podcast at least we try not to. So, on the 24th, Jeff, Jeff Dreyer, who is her ex-husband and the biological dad to her 12-year-old daughter. Uh, the daughter, by the way, at this time was actually, thankfully, was staying with him, with dad. And I'm not even sure where. It's just somewhere else in Florida, not far from where mom lives. So, he, the dad, starts to get some of these similar texts about, you know, he gets one that says that, that she was being quarantined at a COVID, a CDC special COVID unit in Belle Glade. And potentially, she was going to be placed in a medically induced coma, and that would mean no, None. Zero. Zip. Zilch. Nada. Again, my words. No contact for the foreseeable future. Thankfully, Jeff isn't buying what these texts are selling. And the the 12-year-old daughter, she got a text from air quotes mom. Because, again, spoiler alert, mom is actually no longer with us. Um... She gets a text, good morning, tested positive for coronavirus early this morning. That means I have to stay here for at least two more weeks. That was a direct quote. And daughter replied back, okay, I really hope you get better. That's it. So then things continue this way for the next three days, sort of claiming out, you know, a deteriorating COVID situation. I consulted with a virus screening hotline, admitted myself into the Jupiter Medical Center ER, and then they start to get worse and weirder still. Like I said, we're getting to where the where they talk about where where she's sending out texts, or allegedly, it's not really her spoiler, uh, that these texts are going out that say she's being transferred to an off-site mes- medical facility run directly by the, the CDC. And that's an hour away in Belle Glade, Florida. Uh, tiny little problem. They're... There is no such CDC facility in Belgrade. Actually, there's no CDC facilities in Belgrade. There never ha there never was, and there never has been. There never, I don't think there ever will be. For those of you who are familiar with Glade, uh, you'll understand. Belgrade is is not fondly looked upon by most people that live in Florida anymore. Uh, kind of lost its shine. <coughs> So, but anyway, so there's no facilities there. So now it's starting to get really weird. So now, now it's gotten just entirely too weird. We've gotten way off base now. So, we, um, the family says, let's get law enforcement involved. Bing! Detective Jared Kennerson has now entered the chat that's for all you uh, you know, teleconference people. You'll understand that. If you've and we've all had to do that now, by the way. Every one of us since COVID now has experienced the hell that is a Zoom meeting or a teleconference. Um they're awful. Anyway, um, so <laughs> I just thought I'd try and throw a little humor in there. So now we have um uh, Detective Jared Kenerson, who was pretty dogged with this whole thing, and, and he he kind of turned into a dog with a bone, and and really ran after ran with this, and did a did an uh, an amazing job. I believe. I think he did. I think he did awesome. So, <clears throat> from what I was reading, from what I was reading, excuse me. So, based on the initial fr- information that he gets, you know, the worried friends. Uh, Some odd text messages that indicate Gretchen might have this bizarre China virus that's spreading everywhere. They do the obvious. You know, Detective Kenderson decides to do the obvious and wear out a little bit of shoe leather and get in touch with the uh, staff over there at Jupiter Medical Center where supposedly this whole adventure started, right, in their ER. Well, Jupiter Medical Center said, Gretchen, who? They're like, what? Gretchen, who? No, sorry, can't help you. Nobody ever checked here. So, again, being a diligent detective and doing his due diligence, which is important. And there will be cases along the way down the road that I'll cover that detectives just totally botch. And it happens. We're humans. It's okay. I'm not blaming the detectives. I'm not in most cases. But this particular detective was amazing. Anyway, meanwhile, back at the ranch. <clears throat> Uh, he does the smart thing, and he's like, well, let's just cruise the parking lot here at, uh, and let's see if Gretchen's car made it here. Let's start there. And sure enough, they find her car and her purse, which is, with her purse in it, um, and there's some other personal belongings in there, the typical, you know, stuff that you would find in a car. Everything except for one key piece. There's one key item that is not in that car. Can you guess? Anybody? Anybody? Bueller? Bueller. That's right, folks. Her cell phone is missing.. Dun, dun, dun. So <clears throat> so now that we've determined that uh, she is like officially a missing person. and so Detective Kenderson is back to square one ish. So now he figures, all right, time to canvas the hood, as in the neighborhood. Going to knock on some doors. Hi, I'm from the government. I'm here to help. Um, so on March 26th, now this is five days where we're at since anyone has actually seen Gretchen alive. The detectives start to, do, start to wear out a little shoe leather and talk to some neighbors. While they're out banging on doors, talking to neighbors and whatever, they're actually approached by a neighbor who said she heard serious woman screams like she was being attacked. And then she screamed something like, no, stop it. It hurts. Um, okay. Now, m- some people are weird about the fact that, you know, calling 911 when it's not something you see. It could have been somebody's TV. or whatever. Sometimes people are weird about calling 911. So this lady didn't call nine one one. Can't really blame her. I I mean, it gets, you know, people are afraid to call nine one one for a lot of things. It just is what it is, you know. Uh, Which is sad, but that's a whole nother. Again, not getting political. No politics. Politics free zone. So, um, the second neighbor, you know, talking to the neighbors and what. There's a second neighbor that says. You know, there was this weird soapy substance that was really flowing a lot out of uh out from underneath Gretchen's garage door. Okay. This one I'm gonna sit back and I'm gonna be Judgy McJudgerson for a minute. I get not calling the cops. I get that. Because it's just soap, right? It's it's soap. So I appreciate not calling the cops. But um perhaps. Why didn't he? Why didn't this neighbor at least go knock on the door and say, uh, "Hey, you know, it looks—I'm I'm Joe from down the street. I, I know you don't really know me, but I just happen to notice it looks like some sort of car wash drain or something just opened up in your garage. You might want to check into that." No, we didn't do any of that. Again, that's just me being judgy. Uh, I get to do that, you know, from from my from from the confines of my. Um undisclosed location somewhere within the cone of uncertainty <sighs> um, so now we come to to the point where it's time now we've checked all the neighborhood you know, we talked with all the neighbors and everything. let's check out the house itself. Of course, we're banging on the doors. I say we no, that's not true, that's not we it's more of a you know <laughs> um it's more of a... The not we the detectives they're banging on the door or whatever of course nobody answers and they they find it they they walk around the house they're looking around and they find that there's a door that leads from the patio into the garage. It's locked, but there's like a key broken off in the lock so now they have enough they they work on get you know they they work on okay, we need to get into this house, they do their voodoo, and then they force entry they get it of course when they force entry, they break in the door and of course it takes them right into the garage, and um there's no Gretchen shocker right um or was it right uh there's like a an overpowering smell of some kind of like cleaning agent, you know. Probably bleach, whatever. Again, remember the neighbor did say that he saw a a soapy a soapy substance flow pretty heavily from underneath the garage door. And if you look at the pictures that I've I've seen some of the pictures and things uh, uh, floating around the internet of the front of the of the garage and the driveway, and there's these two big. It's a it's a really nice uh, stone driveway. Uh, you know, paver those Paverstone-type driveways. And there's these two clear paths, like streaks, that are perfectly, I mean, these two big, giant swaths of the driveway that are, like, perfectly bleached out and clean, and then the rest of the driveway. So uh, based on on this, again, that's why I say Judgy McJudgerson, because that was a lot of uh, flowing soap or whatever it was a lot so anyway um so then they get into the house and it's clear that there had been you know this all sounds really cheesy but it's clear that there was a violent struggle oh a violent struggle right um a broken picture frame there was actually shards of the shards of glass on the bed um And then they found a cloth with a blood-like substance. Folks, it's blood. I really hate some of that stuff, and this isn't the detective's fault. I understand why he called it a blood-like substance, because if you don't call it a blood-like substance, um, some, some Cretan defense attorney will eat you alive. Well, how do you know it was blood? Uh, because I have you know roughly eight pints of it in my body, I, I know what blood looks like. Um, but anyway, n- nonetheless, you know, because then they go into this: Are you a, are you, are you a pathologist? Are you this or that? <clears throat> so it's easier just to say blood-like substance. I get it. I don't like it. I get it. So and you remember the screams I mentioned? Well, the neighbors. Even though they didn't call 911, they still were pretty smart about it because they took a picture. There was a, par, a, a black Nissan pickup that was parked out near the house at the same time, right around the same time that all those horrific screams came out of that house. Guess who owns a black Nissan pickup? Ding, 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 ding. That's right, David Anthony. So investigators found out from family that Gretchen had security cameras installed after her strange husband moved out. Oddly, what do you think the detectives didn't find in that house? Security cameras. Ding. But, thanks to technology, hello. Remember, nowadays with technology, if your picture's anywhere it's there forever. Remember that boys and girls, if your picture shows up anywhere, it is there forever. Keep that in mind folks when you're out doing what you're not supposed to. If you're out if you're out doing what you're not supposed to do. So anyway, again, meanwhile back at the ranch. Those cameras were gone, but they were she was smart. She set them up to upload to the cloud that's so cheesy by the way the cloud really what what is the i don't i don't understand i've never understood that the cloud where does it actually go cuz it doesn't just stay up in a cloud somewhere where does it actually go leave a comment on apple podcasts tell me where it actually goes anyway uh so they they figure out doing some some more digging we'll come back to the cloud in a minute they start doing some more digging, and they find out that since since they separated, David was getting really sketchy. He started to become really aggressive and irritable, and unpredictable. He got fired from the gym where he worked, and that wasn't the first time he got fired. But that's neither here nor there. Um, he got fired from the gym once before, back in 2017. For I doesn't I wasn't able to find what specifically, other than. Uh, Tabitha had said uh that the the gym owner she had said that uh, you know uh she had said that he was sketchy before and was kind of kind of got out of hand and whatever. Um so then uh we oh sorry. I lost my train of thought again. Good lord. Sorry about that folks. So they, he got fired from the gym. He's irritable and unpredictable. So they go and they visit David. They go knock on the door. Hi, we're from the government. We're here to help. And mom answered, David's mom answers the door. And she tells the detectives that she got a message from, Gret, from Gretchen that, that she has the virus. And it was in a CDC specialty hospital. This is where things get really sketchy. This is where the train comes off the tracks for David. Because they ask about David, the detectives do. And uh his mom's like, "Oh yeah, he's headed to Costa Rica." The detectives are like, "What? Where? Co Costa what? He's headed to Costa Rica." Um no. So now they're getting a little bit uh, they're getting a little bit antsy. And about that same time, they get the security footage from uh, Jupiter Medical Center where they found Gretchen's car shocker it wasn't Gretchen who parked her car at, at uh, Jupiter Medical Center they didn't know for sure who it was all they know it was a guy a, a male about six seven, six eight. you know uh, a fairly thick build and uh, who, who fits that bill that's right ding 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 for the winner that's right David Anthony Now, they also, they started, again, kudos to uh, Detective Kenderson, because they started to track uh, Gretchen's cell phone. And her cell phone pings 600 miles away in Pensacola. They also were tracking David's phone. And lo and behold, whose phone is right next to, whose phone is pinging right alongside Gretchen's cell phone, of course, David. So along his route from now now they see him in Pensacola, and in Pensacola, he stops in some pawn shops and some jewelry stores trying to sell Gretchen's jewelry. <clears throat> and they learn this is where things get even sketchier. Because this is where they start to learn a little more about them, what I what I'll refer to as the many faces of David. See, David Anthony doesn't have a criminal history. But David Anthony Deutsch, I believe, does have a criminal history. And guess who's one in the same? That's right. David Anthony Deutsch changed his name legally to David Anthony. He shortened it. Good for him. Whatever. But David Anthony David Anthony Deutsch, uh was arrested and charged and pled out. He tried to hold up a blockbuster. Ooh, man, that's a throwback, huh? That is a serious throwback. There's that joke about that I'm sure a lot of you have heard the joke about. uh, I went to the uh, liquor store the other day, and the clerk asked me for ID when I went to pull my ID out. My blockbuster card fell out, and the clerk said, "Never mind, I can tell you're old enough, <laughs> yeah ha, ha, very funny, I know all right, Meanwhile, back at the ranch, uh he held up a blockbuster with a squirt gun uh, did did some time for that and and then got out and tried to get his life straight and whatever and that's when he went to work for Tabitha in the gym and all those things again, he got fired. <clears throat> in 2017 for being just kind of a in Gretchen's words hard to manage. Uh I don't know for sure what that means, but hard to manage. Sounds like he was an asshole. Uh well, we know he was. Anyway, uh so she in February of 2020, David Fire or Gretchen fires David again. And he absolutely loses it. So Gretchen, or Tabitha warns Gretchen, stay away from this guy. I'm thinking that that's about the same time that I'm, – I'm guessing that's about the time she probably got the cameras installed and stuff. Maybe maybe sooner because, I mean, he seems really volatile and just kind of – like I said, he's just a raging asshole. Um, and a week before Gretchen disappeared – see, this is, again, the many faces of David, right? A week before Gretchen disappeared, he was arrested – by Riviera Beach PD. And I'm not going to detail there's, there's body cam footage and whatever and he like actively resisted and was a douchebag and went to jail for a few days, posted his bond and was out on bond. His bond was posted 3 days before Gretchen disappeared. So now they they figured out that yes, David is on the run. So Remember the the last time, when we last left David, he was in uh, Pensacola, Florida. Still in Florida, headed west. Go west, young man. Go west. Uh, at this point, he's been through Pecos, Texas. Again, in, in certain spots, he's trying to he's trying to sell uh, he's trying to sell her jewelry and things in, in different spots along the way. And he's also now, I think, like subconsciously, he probably knows that he's in trouble. He's like, it may have clicked in his steroid-soaked brain that, oh my god, I'm going back to prison, and I'm going to go for a really long time. So he's playing this game of he's going to turn the phones off for a while and drive for a ways and then turn them back on. So he's been through doing all this. They track him through from Pensacola to Pecos, Texas, and then all the way to Las Cruces, New Mexico. So now they had put out uh, a bolo for David Anthony's truck when back when all this started. Well, they didn't put out – but they didn't put out a warrant per se for David Anthony yet. They didn't have quite enough because they didn't have yet – they didn't have the footage. They they had him driving and dropping off her car which is pretty solid but maybe not quite enough. So they they're waiting for while all this is going on they're waiting for the footage to come back. They sent warrants out to recover the the security footage off the cloud um that and and hopefully that'll give them way more, right? So <clears throat> Um they have that, that bolo out for his truck, and so Las Cruces PD comes across his truck and they get him stopped and they were smart. They couldn't take him. Uh they couldn't arrest him. They had to cut him loose, him and his dog. Uh his dog is like the only thing on earth, apparently, that this guy actually connects with. Uh, I kind of get that actually cuz the more I the more time I spend around people the more I like my dog. Anyway, <clears throat> uh that does not make me anything crazy or like a murderer or anything like that. Please don't misunderstand that. <laughs> but so they take um they 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 don't have a warrant to arrest him, but they do have probable cause, I guess, to seize his truck, everything in it and most of his possessions basically they leave him with the clothes on his back and that's about it cuz they take they took from his possession they took three cell phones his obviously his regular everyday whatever cell phone and shocker are you ready wait for it wait for it yeah Gretchen's cell phone and a third phone that they don't really talk about anywhere that I can find Nobody really mentions it other than it exists. A burner phone perhaps, uh, perhaps to call his steroid supplier, you know, whatever. I don't know. So at this point, now the video comes in, and it is bad. But um, and, and so they're off to – Detective Kenderson now has a warrant for his arrest, for David's arrest – and he's off to uh, to uh, Las Cruces to go find David because they know he's got no wheels now. Las Cruces PD took his wheels, um, and they took you know they took his truck. They took pretty much everything from him except his dog and his clothes, more or less. Um, so they they. Uh, find they, they finally the the video let's let's talk about that for a minute. so the video from out there's a video from outside the house that shows <clears throat> um, a hooded figure, the right size, right build, right you know you know right posture and everything to be David Anthony uh, reach out from the shadows and wrap, their, wrap his arm around her neck and drag her into the house. So then there's a camera in the garage where he uh where he did the crime more or less. It's kind of the obs- kind of the camera unfortunately is kind of obscured, but she died uh by multiple stab wounds to the head and neck. That's kind of creepy. Um so but again, they did however he he did manage. David did manage to look and put his face right into that camera and rip it down from the from off the wall. Shocker. Um, so now, armed with a warrant and everything, they go and they snatch up. They they go to Las Cruces and they find him. They go they they go on the hunt. Uh, Las Cruces PD and, and Detective Kenderson, they find this guy three days and they snatch him up. You know, they, they get him, they hook him up and they take him to uh, the, they take him to Las Cruces PD headquarters to interview him. And they sit him down and the, the interviews don't really go anywhere. He like, he says, no, no, no she's alive. That was, that was the first thing is they – he said – "You know, they told him Detective Kenderson introduced himself right there at the back of the patrol car when they're stuffing him in there whatever and says, man, you're under arrest for murder. And he pretends to be effectively – he does it effectively. He pretends to be shocked, right? Oh, my god. What do you mean murder? Who did I murder is what he asks, and, and well, we'll talk about it back at the station. So they go, they go back to the station. They have their interview. And he's like, No, no, she's alive, man. We were we were driving in two separate cars all the way to like San Antonio and she took off from there. And I kept going this way. We went our separate ways. Um, she's on the run from her former employer. She was a whistleblower and she had knew knew about all kinds of illegal activities and stuff. What? I mean, he had some bizarre First it was I mean, he started out at first with with the whole he was he was really running with this COVID thing. He's like, No, no, she has COVID. She's She's alive. She has COVID. She's in the hospital. And when they called, when they called bullshit on that one, it's like, well, no. No, she's not. We tried to find her, and there is no CDC facility in Belle Glade, you dummy. Um, so, now he's kind of, they kind of pin him in. They go around for hours, and, and he's still adamant. No, she's alive. I'm telling you, she's alive. She's alive. She's alive. She went this way. I went that way. Blah, blah, blah. All these things, but and they keep telling the, the, the guy's like, look, man, um, I know. The, Detective Kenderson's like, I know she's dead. Let's not bullshit each other. She's dead, period. And he's like, no, no, she's alive. He even tried, Detective Kenderson even tried to use a recording of the, of Tabitha, or of, um, not Tab of uh, Gretchen's daughter. Saying, please, I want to know where my mother is. I want to talk to my mother. I just want to know where she is. And pleading with, you know, a recording of her pleading and, and it David's unaffected. No, man, she's still alive. So eventually it leads to, he decides, you know what, I want to talk to a lawyer. No problem. We're done. I'm done with you, blah, 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 you know, whatever. So they hook him up, they take him back. To they get him back to uh, Florida, and um, he kind of knows. I mean, he's playing the system because he knows, look, it's going to be really hard to prove first degree murder with nobody. Uh, and, and give me because they want to, the, the DA and the, they want because they know. I mean, you can't, uh, unfortunately, the video puts him in the right place at the right time all those things but it doesn't show unfortunately the video that they were able to recover doesn't show the act at least it may i may be wrong it may show the act and but it to what i was gathering is it doesn't actually show him like plunging which that would be that would be creepy as hell anyway they want the the DA and everybody they want the death penalty for this guy but he knows David knows no, they're not gonna get the death penalty because they don't have a body. There's just no way that I'm gonna get the needle for this. He's he's that he's that guy. Again, I picked him up and put them down. The 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 steroid addled brain and other parts shrunk up um you know, muscle bound freak. Um, he he's that that guy. He's so arrogant about it. And so he kind of he knows and kind of uses it as leverage. Unfortunately, uh, because what ended up what ends up happening is eventually the family and everybody like look, we just want the body, we just want her body. That's it. Please just give us the body. That's all we want. So they they go in and they eventually hammer out with his with his lawyers and everybody you know they all sit down all the all the lawyers and everybody like that they sit down and they hammer out a plea deal <clears throat> 38 years for murder 2 but you got to show us the body you got to bring us to the body so on December 21st 2020 9 months to the day they recovered Gretchen Anthony's body in a shallow grave near a nursing home not far from her house how tragic is that? Four days before Christmas, it's kind of a double-edged sword. So again, it's sentencing and things. They, they, they. He pleads out and everything. Of course, there's a sentencing, and during the sentencing, there's an opportunity, of course, for for um, the victim impact statements, and you know everybody just kind of hammers on him for, you know, for however long throughout this whole hearing. They just hammer on what a monster this dude is. Because he is. He's a monster. He is a waste of oxygen. So there you have it. This, um, well, hold on. Uh, uh, let me back up a second. <clears throat> so now he is being housed in the Florida Department of Corrections at the Martin Co- Martin Correctional Institute. He's scheduled for release in 2058. He will be 81 years old. I hope he gets, I I hope, you know, he gets a little justice between now and then, but hey, who am I, right? So that's all I have for you this week. Say a little prayer, stay out of the body bags, keep it between the lines, and we'll see you next time.